Well, we've, we've uh, made it into almost spring. Flowers are blooming everywhere, and it's looking good. And I love to see the, what are they, the Bradford pear trees starting to come out and the red buds. Allie and I, a couple of years ago, went and marked some, and Naomi, when she was two, just a baby, uh, walking through the, some property on our, our uh, land and started marking all the red bud trees. And so I calculated two days ago, they started blooming. So I've marked my calendar for next year to see if they bloom about the same time. I just, I love to see those red buds just start to bloom all around the, the city, the town, and so uh, our county. And it's just, I, it just reminds me of an exciting time. You know, spring and springing forth and, and time of planting and uh, a time where kings used to go out for war. And, and so it just, and sometimes it feels like that, you know, we're in that season where, where uh, it's time to wake up out of our slumber, right? As uh, kings and priests of the Most High, as Scripture would call every one of you and myself, it's time to go back out to war and, and not, a, not a harsh and hateful war, but a loving and and gentle, kind, and graceful, and truthful war, and just pushing, pushing back the gates of hell, right? Because Scripture says that the gates of hell will not prevail, especially against his people. And so there's so much in that. There's so much to that to unpack. And so, you know, that, that really is the heart of Thrive, is, is to help people understand, help the saints of the Most High understand who we really are, and who he has called us to be. And so we're here. This is a very special occasion for us. This is Vision Sunday. We try to do this once a year. And this happens to be the weekend we're celebrating our four-year anniversary. Man. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, uh, there's a large majority of church plants that don't make it past their first two years. And so we have uh, blown that out of the water, I believe. And here we are in our in our first building, uh, I say that with uh, adamant, the just first building, uh, and so I'm excited that we're able to do that. That's 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 uh, astronomical as well to be able to be in our own facility, have our own space, to be so young, and so that is a huge accomplishment for all, uh, everyone here, uh, everyone who comes through Thrive Community Church, and so uh, we just want to celebrate that, take some time to, to celebrate, and we also take some time to re recast vision into uh, why it is we do everything that we do, and, and for what reasons and purposes, and then what is it that we do for some that maybe have just now started coming, haven't been through a Vision Sunday um, it, it's likely you could get saved, uh, but <laughs> the idea here is to cast vision into every one of your hearts so that you know exactly why Thrive Community Church exists in Henderson County and why God had a gap for us to fill here in Henderson County. And so we've actually been very blessed. I'm going to give you not a whole lot of back uh, history, but or uh, stats anyway. But over the last four years, you know, we've almost given we've given almost two hundred thousand dollars away. And giving. That is huge. That's huge. Uh, and, and so if I were to say with about 1% of that, we, we started giving to Israel two and a half years ago. 1% of that has gone to Israel uh, to, help the, to help reach the Jews for Christ, uh, to, to form and develop the Messianic uh, Jew church. And so uh, that is part of it. We've given a lot to Honduras. There's a lot of missions work we've done in Honduras over the last four years as a church, especially my wife is from, my beautiful, amazing Exposa wife is right there from Honduras. And so we do a lot of ministry work there. In fact, our cafe, as you buy a cup of coffee, 50 cents goes back to the kids in a mountain school there where that coffee plantation is, who their parents or actually work in the plantation, and a part of that goes to an orphanage in the same town of Copan Ruinas in Copan itself. And so there's a mission story behind everything that we do. I, I was called to missions. I'm a missionary at heart, but then God called me to be a lead pastor. I think that was so that he, we could move the mission of Christ forward from the church perspective, not just out in the mission field. And so uh, I, the more I just kind of ask God, how, you know, how did you do this and why did you do this? And so he takes us through seasons to move us into another season. And, and I really want you to know that because sometimes, uh, sometimes we get stuck in a season. And most of the church feels that. 
But we go through seasons for growth. And if you ever cut a tree down and you ever had to split wood or if you had to split wood for, for the little winter spring, the little winter stint that we had, you'd notice rings. And every one of those rings inside of a tree are different because of the seasons that they go through. And, and your rings are going to look different <laughs> in your final day. The rings of life, the seasons of life. And, and some are, are, feel like drought and then some are just lush. And you think, well, the lush is so great. But looking backwards, you'll find out that the dry seasons, the drought, is actually what eventually bears the most fruit. And we're trying to bring people out of a drought in their lives, in their spiritual lives, their mental lives, their, their relational lives, their emotional lives. And that's what God has brought us here to do. Even in our own town, we've given almost $80,000 away in, over the four years. And so that's huge. That's huge. For the homeless, for the homebound, yes. Uh, for, for the battered and bruised who are going into shelters and, and also for... For the clo to clothe the homeless and feed the homeless as well as, yes, the homebound. And so, and then various ministries, various giving throughout the town and, and various other reasons that just pop up. And so, the many that I can't even remember and we just haven't documented. But we're here to be a blessing to Henderson County. And then also, I mean, nationally, to give two churches who are planting new churches and New, newly planted churches to help them sustain through a difficult season as well. So we've been able to do that. And we never gave up during the rise of COVID season. We never let up. We never gave in. In fact, we were able to give more during the COVID season. When many churches were closing doors and many churches were not able to, we pushed the boundaries forward and even God brought an increase into this house and blessed us so that we could give more. That's huge. And uh, we didn't know it. We got a phone call a couple of months ago or maybe six, six weeks ago, and they, they, is, they said that uh, of 2020, Henderson County had voted uh, apparently in the newspapers, and they deemed Thrive Community Church the best church in Athens, Texas for 2020. <laughs> That's, and yes, and my wife says, and in a separate vote, they said we have the best pastor in all of Henderson County as well. Isn't that good? <laughs> I hope he comes next week. As a, <laughs> but we really thank, we thank Athens. We thank all of, we didn't even know there was a vote going on, so it wasn't rigged. We didn't sit there and say, hey, let's just send in a bunch of votes. I assure you, we, we had no idea that was going on, so uh, we're just thankful for uh, Athens and Henderson County for seeing that, and I I'm thankful that God says, hey, through the most difficult season of the church and the world, Thrive Community Church stood up and kept being the church. Yeah. And that's, an, that's, an, that's, that's a contribution to every person who comes here because so many got busier. And so there were so many things that we all have been stretched out. And even right now, we're all going through a busy season and we're stretched out even more, but we're not giving up. We're not letting in. We're not going to say status quo is good enough. We've reached the, the, the mile marker. We, we've made it. We've arrived. I, in fact, as soon as we heard that, I said, okay, staff, let's get together. We were right here. Now let's just lay that crown back to Jesus and give it back to him. Because you know what the worst thing in the world could, would be? that Thrive Community Church was the best church. Because we live in the past at that point, and we're, we're living on accolades. You never, you never let the praise go to your head, and you never let the, never let the negativity go to your heart. Because there's a lot of critics out there as well. And people love to be critical. People who are not growing in their relationship with the Lord, and they're not living out their calling, are they tend to be the most critical people on earth. And really, they're just wishing, I wish I knew what I was called to do. I wish I would live up to my full measure. I wish I would do something worth value. Because I want to check that. Because every one of us can be critical at any moment and any time. So what are we here to do? Because if we're here to just have another church service, I feel like, I feel like, me I feel like media, movies, I, I love movies, 
but I feel like they have done a disservice to church because we are so trained to just watching something amusing and going home or going to bed unchanged. So I'm wondering if we can develop a, a church, a body of people who are not just coming in to watch a, another message, to have another experience with song involved, another moment of potential prayer and nothing be changed. So I'm wondering if we have a people who really take to heart what God is saying from the platform, both in worship, both in the song, both in, both in the message, and then when the Holy Spirit speaks at the end of the message and he speaks directly to their hearts, there truly is a change that causes a ripple effect in this county. Because that's what we're here to do. Otherwise, we're just wasting time, we're wasting a lot of resources, and we could just be giving and then giving back out. But I think God wants to raise up a church. He wants to create a space where people can come in and lives truly be transformed forever, for generations. Because God is a generational God, and he's not thinking about right now like we are, as short-sighted as we are. He's thinking, I'm wondering if someone will open up their heart so I can create an impact in their heart so that this thing will last for generations to come. But it's going to take an effort on every person in this building that comes through this building to have an investment to be willing to receive and to be willing to hum be humble and to willing be willing to work towards the change that God is leading us all towards. And that's how we'll pull people out of the drought of a COVID season, a winter storm season, and into the fullness of life we're all called to be. And the most, the most important metric I could give you today is that we have seen people come to know Jesus in a relational way over the last four years. Religion has been dropped and relationship has emerged. I've talked with many people who say, why didn't I know this stuff for the years that I've been saved? Because so many of us have learned and taught denomination or doctrine or religion and little had to do with, with relationship. But now we're learning, we're growing, we're developing in relationship, and that is causing lives to be changed. It's causing people to find freedom. We have found, we have seen hundreds of lives changed over the last four years just through our freedom conferences alone. And that, that right there is worth being established for. Seeing people find freedom, seeing mar marriages restored is what the church should be doing. That's what the church is about. We've seen many marriages restored as people are willing to do it God's way. We're hardcore on confronting the difficult issues of marriage. And we've been in this series. Where we have one more message in that series. But we're intentional on having healthy marriages because it all starts inside the confinement of fidelity, of marriage. And when the marriage can be restored, that's where ministry really begins. The example starts. So how do we do these things? Our mission here is reminding you to love people where they are and help them become all God created them to be, right where they are. Some people are in this space in their spiritual journey. Some people are in this space in their spiritual journey. Some people are in this space in their spiritual journey. There it is. I'm back. And <laughs> but we're trying to love them right where they are and be there with them to help them become and resource and equip them to become all God created them to be, not just attend another church service. We, we, we are here to introduce Jesus because we want everyone to introduce Jesus to others that they come into contact with. We're, we're here to build community. This one right here struck us in 2020 because we realized with all the isolation, all the, all the, all the depression, the anxiety, the suicide, the worry, the fear, the control that emerged, there's a loss of community. And so we begin to rework the vision. God, God began to work in something new. And you're going to see this begin to penetrate through everything that we do. And that means building community right here, creating moments to build community, but then also affecting and building the community that we're called to be in. And as you, as you listen a little bit more, you're going to find out how that looks. But at heart, the heartthrob is that we all find freedom. And where do most people find freedom? They find freedom in community. It's through relationships. When we're willing to just 
let it all go and take off the mask, we start to find freedom. Well, we got to have community, and we've got to be a part of community in order to do that. And then we ultimately want every person, because this is the desire of every person, that we begin to live our purpose. We want every, per every person that comes through here to begin to understand and grow in every one of these attributes, that they're beginning to now living my purpose. I'm no longer critical because I'm living my purpose. I'm no, I'm no longer a complainer because I'm living my purpose. I'm no longer worried about the little bitty things because I'm focused on what God is doing in my life and what I can do for him. Woo, that just saved the church right there. <laughs> so how do we introduce Jesus? We create transform, transformative worship experiences that both the unchurched, be, uh, believe, uh, unchurched people want to come to and believers come to enjoy. Because if the unchurched don't want to come, then what are we doing? And if it's just for believers, what are we doing? So we, it, it has to be transformational. We're reaching both. Our heart is to be right here developing, developing within and then reaching out to bring others in to be developed as well. Because people aren't looking for information. They are looking for transformation. People don't want to just know about God. They want to experience God. And we can't have people coming into a church and only to meet us. You know what I'm talking about. 1 John 5, 3 says this. This is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. You teach people to love God and it's a byproduct that they will want to follow his commands. We just got to get people to fall in love, meaning we have to be, we have to be examples of people who have fallen in love with God. And when I'm falling in love with God, it doesn't matter what he asks me to do. I just want to do it because I love him so much. I'm giving life away at that point. 1 John 5, 12 says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not, a son of God does not have life. Pretty simple. We're trying to get people to, to just stay connected to the tree of life. Revelation says that Jesus is the tree of life. Just get them connected and help them to stay. And, and how do we do that? What does that look like? Well, Jesus was authentic. Jesus was relevant. Jesus was enjoyable. Psalms 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Not I was mad when I had to get up and go to church. <laughs> I was sad because I had to serve. <laughs> I was discontent because, yeah third weekend in the month. Are you kidding me? No, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And that's the thought coming out of COVID right there. No, I can't go with my PJs. Uh-uh. I'm glad they got that online expansion going on. I don't have to fix my hair. I can look like a hot mess and I can get up and go to the bathroom whenever I want, as many times as I want. Some of you do that anyway. <laughs> finally got it in there. Je Jesus was accepting. <laughs> Jesus was powerful. And that's what people are wanting to experience. That's what people need to experience. And that's the Jesus that people need to stay connected to right there. And anything less than all of that is a dumbed down version, which leads to religion. And religion breaks, religion kills, and religion never causes people to thrive. And religion is why people just get up and go to church and there's nothing changed. And this is why we believe that we must establish everything around relationships in groups and leadership. So we create services that honor God and attract people. It's the purpose of that because if we can't get them in, if we can't get you in, if we can't get them in, then how are we going to get them trained up, discipled, saved? sent out. Three, we teach, we te we're teaching personal evangelism. That just means you are God's plan A and there is no plan B. We reach the people closest to us. Tell them your personal story. Let them know what God has done. Give them a, an opportunity of an invitation, whether it's come to church or meet Jesus right there in that moment. It's really simple. It's really simple. We teach the church to, to pray for the lost. That's why we have, our, we have many weekend messages that are geared towards that in our 21 days of prayer. We have to be people who are truly intentional on reaching the lost. And I'm going to break down what the lost really is. 
Yes, it is, it is truly far from God, but there's so many, so many other things that cause and reveal that people are truly lost. And for us, lost has, has, has a lot of definition beyond salvation. Lost, there, there's a, there's a loss, of, loss of hope. There's, there's a loss of marriage. There's a loss of finance. There's a loss of, of, of in relationship. There's a loss of meaning for life. And so if we're so focused on just getting people saved and we're not concerned about their emotional well-being, their relational well-being, their financial well-being, the well-being of their marriage, the, the loss of life that they've suffered with family members, if we're not worried about helping them navigate through grief, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're marking a number on the chalkboard saying, got another one saved? But there's a full process of, of helping the lost. And there's a, there's, a, there's a full concept because there's a lot of saved lost people. And the church is struggling because of the lost people who are saved, but they're lost from what they're called to do. They have, haven't had people to come alongside them to help them through their season, the season that they're in, the ring of life that they're in, to help them become all God created them to be. And it's, it's God's desire that the saints are doing the work of the ministry and loving people where they are and helping them become all God created them to be. D.L. Moody says this, our greatest fear should not be the fear of fear of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. And I say this every time, congratulations, you did nothing. <laughs> you worked all your life so hard and you just, you just kept on going. You worked 60 hours a week and you did all that and it amounted to nothing. Wouldn't that be terrible? Like I get, to the, I get to heaven because I was saved. I was, a, I, was a, I was chalk on somebody's board and I made it to heaven and I did all these things to stay busy, to really distract myself from the, the issues of my life. And I get to heaven and Peter says, great, great job, you really succeeded at doing nothing. Nobody's standing behind you, but you're in. Good job. As glorious of a day it would be, how sad and selfish would it be at the same time? It would. Because God has called no one to be selfish and self-centered in their salvation. But he has called every person to be selfless and others focused in their salvation. To give life away, to find purpose, to bring others in, to have a sense of belonging, to share their faith so that others understand their identity in Christ. So we're here to get the lost people saved, lost that are, that are so far from God, that are, who are depressed, anxious. Yes, we're trying to get them saved from hell, eternal damnation. Of course we are, but it's, there's more to saved. We're trying to we're, the, the heart of the word of God, of when we say saved, the word sozo means we need to get them delivered from depression. That's saved. We need to get them delivered from their anxiety, that which so easily entangles them. That's saved. To, to be healed from sickness and disease. That's saved. To be delivered from their bondage. That's saved. And if the church thinks that it just needs to be the staff leadership that does it, then that's, broken, that's a broken ideology. The, the saved pastored. And that doesn't mean that we need to get them in a counseling meeting with a pastor. That means we need to relationally learn. Each person must be equipped to relationally connect with people who are lost, hurting, wounded, beat up and battered from life, to make time to, to begin to speak life back into them, to help them and bring healing into their, their issues through their bondages of life, to be more intentional, less, inten less self-centered and more intentional on being outwardly focused. That's saved, pastored, pastored people trained, people trained and equipped 
to bring others into freedom. Oh, no problem. I spent some time being equipped, and so now I'm ready, I'm trained to go out and do the work of the ministry which I am called to do. And you know what? We become critical when we're not receiving the training that God has for us. We become critical, and oftentimes we are more critical because we are criticizing ourselves internally, and therefore it becomes an outward manifestation because we feel unfulfilled. We feel discontent. We know there's more inside of us. We know we're built for more, but we're not living it. This is where addictions come from. This is where pornography comes in. This is where, this is where complacency, overeating, overindulgence, shopaholics, all these things to fill this brokenness, this hole, this gap in our soul. Because I'm not receiving and investing in what's out there and what's possible so that I can go out and do what I'm actually purposed to do and then train people mobilized, fulfilling the destiny of every believer. And the destiny of every believer, according to Scripture, is that we are sent. And that some, for some, that's sent inside of the church and some that's sent outside of the church. But so oftentimes, most oftentimes, the, the church... The individuals, the saints are not sent because they're spending too, many, too much time fleeing. And a saint that flees is just like a tree that's constantly being transplanted year after year after year after year in a tree. If you know anything about horticulture, in a tree that's transplanted has no time to take root and grow. And so... Not only does that person suffer who is not enduring the trying times, is not navigating through freedom, is not working through their hardship and listening to the Holy Spirit, they're, they're fleeing, transplanting from one place to, a next, to the next, to the next. Not only are they suffering, but their families are suffering and the body of Christ is suffering because there are people that God has in place that are depending on a people, a body, to be steadfast, to stay enduring the hardships, the dry seasons, and the lush seasons so that we can bear fruit for the kingdom of God. But it takes having vision. It takes understanding that we, there must be something, a place that where we can meet and agree and have values that actually drive us that are beyond us. Yeah, it's all, it, you know, there's so much division. There's so much division on interpretation. But what about the values that actually drive a healthy family? What about the values that actually drive a healthy church? What about the values that actually drive a healthy business? Like all these core values where we, we love God, we love people. For us, we, when we talk about that, that's things like we worship. It means we're giving life away. We're having a kingdom perspective on everything we do. Everything is expression of love towards God and an expression of love towards people. We're, it means we're growing spiritually together. We're pursuing excellence. That means we're exceeding an expectation. We're not trying to pursue perfection. We're, but we are not going to settle for status quo. We're pursuing excellence, freedom. I mean, we're going we're gonna to choose to live a lifestyle of freedom. We're going to walk in our fullness. We're going to get rid of our yesterdays. We're going to be intentional on pursuing excellence and finding freedom. Which will be the next one. Must have skipped it. Choosing joy. Choosing joy. We're going to choose joy. Yeah, it's difficult times. Anybody ever had a bad day? Anybody, anybody ever decided, I'm just going to let this bad day ruin my day? Or have you decided, you know what? Bad days happen, but I'm not going to let it ruin my day. I'm going to choose joy instead. And instead of letting this little bickering argument go on with maybe my spouse, I'm just going to rise above it and say, no, not today, Satan. Mm -mm, I'm not going to let you do that today. Or when my boss doesn't do what I want him to do, or he doesn't like it, I don't like the way he talks to me. Mm -mm, no, mm -mm, not going to do it today. Or that... 
that way, that, that, you know, that poor lady at the drive-thru has had a rough day because everybody's so busy and they're ups- everybody's upset and now we got to wait longer for things that we didn't have to wait long for before for. And, and she pops off, mm-mm, no, I am not going to take that bait. Mm-mm, I'm going to choose joy. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Relationships. Relationship. Focus on relationships. You know what? No, mm-mm. I'm not going to let this adversity come in my way because relationships are more important to me. You ever, you, ever, you ever had that thought? You ever thought, you know what? No, it's, this, this thing is not worth ruining the relationship over. Anybody ever thought that? Anybody ever thought, man, I wish I would have not done that. Now that relationship is ruined. Man, that's the, that's, that's the negative side of that. But if I chose relationship, if relationships was a core value, it's like, no, no, we're going to have difficult times, but we're going to talk about those things. We're going to have healthy confrontation we're going to talk about the issues that are in between us so we can work them out and we can work out indifference so we can come out of this thing at least loving each other even though we may disagree on some points whoa wouldn't that be amazing if there was a body of christ that did that generosity that means time talents treasures we should be selfless supporting others being available being available integrity Truly doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Choosing the right way over the easy way. You ever been in that situation where you're like, mm, I could get away with this. Nobody else is going to know. Nobody's going to find out. I could not tithe this month and everything's going to be okay. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the right thing. The right thing when nobody's looking. Serve. Now I want to be humble. Selfless. Service before self. Inside and outside of the walls. Meaning I'm going to initiate and I'm going to forecast. I'm going to initiate what the next step is. I'm not going to wonder. There's a piece of paper over there on the floor. I can't believe this church. They just make a mess everywhere. Can you believe they leave that there? Pick it up. Pick it up. That trash in the parking lot that you saw when you walked right by it. Pick it up. The trash in the yard. Pick it up. Take initiative. Serve. God sees those things as an act of service towards him, and he is constantly testing us to say, do they have a heart for me? Are they willing to listen in the small things? Because if we're not willing to listen in the small things, we're not ready to, to handle and, and steward the big things. It's the little things in ministry that God uses to test you. And oftentimes because we're too critical, because we're too good for that, and that's too much, that, that's below us. We never move up to the next level in our spiritual journey that he has for us because we're not willing to do the little things. I'm really putting this thing on the cookies on the bottom shelf right here. But where are we going? We are, we are developing leaders for change. We are, the next 12 to 18 months, we are just sitting here hitting leadership development hardcore, hitting training hardcore, hitting worship training, leadership training. We, and, and for us to move into the future to do all things that God has created us to do is a time for us to just be equipped, developed, and moving towards the future. It's less, less event-based and more equipping the saints to, to do the work of the ministry. We have worship training. We're, we're here to, to reproduce. We got leaders. We're going to begin to reproduce ourselves into the lives of others who are here. The goal is that by the end of 12 months and on, we're having, we're having opportunities and trained worship leaders, people on instruments that are able to bring in and create moments, create time for those who are less fortunate that maybe they would never be able to have training in an instrument or a vocal lesson. But what if opening up and giving away what we have actually created an opportunity where the next generation of worship leaders come out of a place from a different part of town that couldn't afford something that we're able to give away just because we invested 12 to 18 months on developing ourselves so that we would have more to give away to the body of Christ? What if we thought a little bit bigger than just coming to church on Sunday? What if we thought about the future and what the kingdom of God really needs rather than what my appetite needs? 
What if we started thinking, well, I wonder what the next generation leaders are, are, are going to need. I wonder what the church is going to look like in the future. I'm wondering how well the church is being equipped for the future. What if that was the heartthrob of what we do? We're building in, uh, intentional relationships with other church, uh, chil children's ministry leaders in the town so that we can begin our children's ministry leaders, pa uh, Pastor Peanut, we call her, Pastor Shakivi, our children's pastor, uh, can, can begin to find some routines and some methods to begin to attack where the work of the enemy is trying to come after our children. Because there's a plan against our children. Let me tell you, it has been methodical, and we've been blind. It's working its way through the school system, through, through districts, through the education, through books, and it has made itself a landing space. So the church has to be pretty strategic moving forward and united in fronts to be able to come up with a strategy that's creative, that's attractional, and creates experience that kids actually want to long for and come to church for. So we, we're using things. We're putting together diagrams like the leadership pipeline where we're, we're moving people. We're creating opportunities so that people can move from being a, a member, someone who's just attending to Thrive or, or, or part of the GO team, to becoming a leader, becoming an area leader, a ministry leader, executive leader. And hopefully one day we're planting another campus and they'll be able to be a campus pastor or God calls them into another church to be a senior leader. But every part of this has, has processes, has training, has development, has equipping so that people, so that God's people, as they choose to begin to go through this process, can be trained and developed and equipped for the future. We've got to become more than just a Sunday attending church. We need to be, a, God, God is waking up the church to transition the world. When he says, pray like this, on earth as it is in heaven, we can't li keep living like on earth. We've got to understand as is in heaven and begin to deploy, equip and deploy people who are ready to bring heaven to earth. We're going to need a bigger facility, as you know. Not happening yet, but over the next few years, you're going to begin to see some transitions moving forward. We're creating more uh, staff expansion so that we can, we can delegate out some more responsibility, authority, empowerment. But as we move towards the future, if you'll, thank you. So you see our building right here. Well, we have two projects that are in, in place and in, in for the next phases that we have. The next building would be right over here, which is right about where that playground is and out front. And then another workspace that is right up here as you come in off Old Tyler Highway. What's the purpose for those? Well, one of those is a workspace is a place where young entrepreneurs, upcoming entrepreneurs can come in. They can have workspace. They can have a desk. They can have a, an office space. This would be a for-profit for movement. But however, the purpose is, is to be able to bring in kingdom business training, kingdom business discipleship kingdom business uh, skills, begin to develop entrepreneurs for, with kingdom understanding of how the kingdom, how kingdom principles actually work in business so that whether they're lost or saved right now, they start to understand that God's ways are the most beneficial ways. And if we can train people, next, next generation leaders to be equipped with kingdom principles and they are sent out into the business world, now we can, we can intentionally begin to address and focus and fight from a business perspective. We gotta think bigger than just coming to church on Sunday. And if we can do that, we can grow with them and we can create create office space for them to grow as their business grows and they can see that God is the one who's actually growing their business. They're just, they're just, they're just using business principles and God and bringing God, glory to God and God is glorifying what they're doing. Have you ever thought about that? The next building, this, the, whole, the whole purpose is to bring influence Larger sanctuary, of course, a commercial, a commercial kitchen so that we can serve inside and outside. But we also want to bring in a, a culinary development to where we're developing the, the restaurants, the waiters of the future with kingdom principles there as well. It's all about training. And in the sanctuary, the Transformation Center have a freedom and discipleship classroom and we'll convert this room a little bit to help support that so that we can 
build influence for the day that God says, okay, now's the time to begin to send out and plant churches in other parts of Henderson County and just outside of. We got to think bigger. We got to think bigger. It's the, it's the heart that says, hey, whenever there's, there's, a thrive, there's a need for a thriving church into a community, and as influence begins to come, and people are coming from, they're already coming, from other regions, other, other cities, other towns, and God says, I want you to do this in your hometown. We're ready. We're not at that place where now we're, well, how do we do that? No, we're getting ready. We're intentionally focusing our efforts in that direction. In this, in this current building right here, the purpose for this from the beginning, from the beginning, is to, in the future, raise up, have a youth leader, have, have a youth ministry right here where there the children are coming in and they're, we're beginning to develop the youth in their giftings and their callings and their talents. They are having a full worship set. They're, they're communicating a 15-minute message. That's about the, the tension span of of young people anyway and it's strictly for the children in that in that setting and then the minute the youth leaders will go and take the kids into in classrooms and where they will have thrive tribes talking about the message on their educational level their age level so we're discipling young people we'll be discipling young people to be ready to to be ready for ministry, to be ready for life, to be ready to be ministering in life as they go. But we're creating this space to intentionally develop young people in their calling, in their giftings, in what God has developed and put inside of them for the future for the sake of the church and for, for the sake of his kingdom. I hope you can see that this is bigger than just coming to church on Sunday. There's a lot of vision involved in this. And you may be thinking, oh, Lord, how, and the Pastor Nathan, how's this going to work? Well, it's just going to work because we're starting to truly adhere and apply these core values. Living out the mission, loving people where they are, and just helping them become all God created them to be. Truly owning up and becoming saints of the Most High, who He calls us to be, and, and being selfless. Learning to know that I can just pastor, I can pastor people as I go through life. I can pastor people who work for me. I can pastor people who are checking me out at Brookshire's. I can pastor people while I'm at the coffee shop. I can pastor people at the restaurant. I just intentionally listen, and I love on them, and I hear them. And I'm out there evangelizing without, without feeling and seeming weird. I'm relationally connecting with people for the sake of them. I'm shifting, I'm, I'm, I'm casting vision the best I can. Well, we have some rules of engagement in this house. The big question is, is this a safe place? Uh, am I a safe place? Can people trust me with their stuff? Can people trust me when there may be conflict involved? Can they trust my demeanor, my response, my reaction? Can they trust me with confidentiality? Can they tr- trust me with their junk? Can they trust me? Because when they can trust each every individual, then they can begin to trust a church. And they can trust, they can trust the church from that place. Uh, submission to one another. You know what? I don't have to lord over and dominate. I don't have to get my way all the time. And I don't have to leave. I don't have to flee when I, it doesn't sound like something I want. We, we attack problems, not people. Isn't that good news? And then, and then we agree that I'm not being attacked when somebody's presenting something to me because they're, they're attacking a problem, not me. Whew. Wouldn't that be nice if a church really, if, if body of Christ realized that they were not under attack, but the problem is under attack? Well, wouldn't you see a people that start to get, they're able to be approached and talked to about life and about discipleship and about where they are and, and, and what God has for them? Whew. No offense. Thank you, for, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you for discussing those things with me. Listen first, respond second. How many, how many people are always thinking about what they want to say next before, before that other person's finished talking? Yeah, thank you, my wife. 
<laughs> didn't hear a thing that was being told to them, just waiting to just, just here's what I'm going to tell you as soon as, you could, as soon as I get a gap. Soon, just give me a gap. Just breathe. See if I don't tell you something that's on my mind. Had nothing, had heard nothing you said. Failure is an option. That means we're going to fail forward. That means we're going we're to make some mistakes, but we're going to try. We're going to make mistakes trying to move the needle forward, but we're not going to make the same mistake over and over and over again. That's not excellence. But we have to make some mistakes. There's going to be some mistakes made when people are trying to learn how to move in their gifting and their calling. We have to hear from you. If you're serving and you're giving and you're leading, you're willing to contribute, let's hear from you. Let's hear what, let's hear what you have to say. But if you're, if, you're, if you're just out there and you're like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not giving anything of my life away, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not helping at all, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to tell you what you need to be doing, you know, the critical, there are little stainless steel boxes that are on the floor and you can put that right in there. There's a trash bag and at the end of the day, they will take that trash out and they will put it in the dumpster. But if, you, if, you're, if you're a part of something, and if you're really giving your heart to the kingdom of God, ooh, we want to hear that. We need to hear it. Because God has given you something unique that is important to the body of Christ. Clarity is the next best thing to certainty. Sometimes we just know exactly what we want to do, but what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What's it for? How are we going to do it? Are we clear on what we're doing as a church? Are we clear on what we're doing in life? Do other people understand that? Can other people get involved in that? Can other people grasp the concept of that? That's what we need to hear from you. There's questions. There needs to be understanding. Because when there's not, that critical spirit just rises on in there and begins to try to tear down what God is doing. Fearlessly challenge restraints in each other. That means I'm gonna, I, I need to be approached. You need to be approached. We need to be approached. How many times have we heard people come in and they say, I'm so thankful for what God has done here. Uh, in my last church, I just sat there and I never was challenged. Never, no one ever approached me. Nowhere, no, I never got involved. Not here, I told them. <laughs> Not here. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be pushed. You're going to be stretched. Because it's for the kingdom of God. That's why we exist. It's for the kingdom. I, you're going to be very uncomfortable in this church if you don't want to do anything. I'm just going to warn you. Very uncomfortable. Fearlessly challenge restraints in, the, in each other and the church. Not only this church, the big church. What? You ever heard the, ever heard the story about the family that they cut a ham off the, uh, cut a end off the ham for the crock pot every year? Ever heard that? And, the, and the, the three generations of women are in the house, and their families are all around. And, and the great-great-granddaughter is, is there, and she cut off the ha end of the ham to put it in the crock pot. And then she said, Mama, why do we do that? She said, well, I don't know. Let me ask my mother. But, uh, mother, why do we cut the, cut the end off the ham before we put it in the crock pot? She said, well, I don't know. Let me ask your, my, my mother. So the great-great-grandmother is there, and they say, they say great-grandma, or great-grandma, whichever one it is, why do we cut the end off the ham to, and put it in the crock pot? She said, well, we never had a crop pot big enough, big enough to hold the ham. Sometimes we do things we don't even know why we're doing it. It didn't work in the season, but now it would work if we had just tried. But we have restraints that have been set on our minds. We have blinders in our lives, in our spiritual lives, in our emotional lives, in our, in our journey. Because, it, well, it didn't work back then, so I'm never going to do it again. Okay. I will reproduce myself and others. That doesn't mean go and have kids. That just, it does that, but it also means I'm gonna give the best of what I've gained away to others who, who have a desire to grow in their abilities, their talents, their giftings, their blessings, and what God has given them. It's not about me. You know, in the world, you try to hold on to. You don't want anybody else to grow around you so that you can be really important. Well, in the kingdom of God, you become more important the more you give away and the more skills, the more ability, the more talent, the more you give away, you become even more important. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. So I want to pray with you. I told you, you may not get saved in this. You might. If you talk about saved in the concept of far from your calling, lost from your way, Lost from your nearness with Jesus in relationship. Lost in depression, anxiety, 
and worry, lost in criticism, lost in doubt. All these things are thieves. And do you know that good is the enemy to God? This is good enough. We'll just do, do good enough to just, just do this. No, no, I'm going to do this and that's it. That's just good enough. Well, that's the enemy to what God has for you. And so much of the body of Christ has settled, well, let's just do good and completely are missing God and lost in their salvation. Father, we just ask that you awaken our hearts, that you give us personal vision, that you grow us in corporate vision. Father, I pray that you speak to hearts about their next steps, their calling, their purpose, why they exist, the destiny of being sent and what that looks like. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to your people, that you challenge restraints, that you bring down pride, that you just tear the Tear the scab off that selfishness. Father, please give us vision to see into the future, to see your church, to see how we each individually can contribute to where you're going, what you are doing, what you have in mind for the next generation church. Father, give us insight to a bigger perspective than this just coming in on a Sunday to listen to a message and see some worship. Help us to live out the purpose and the desire that is in each one of our hearts. Jesus, you gave your life away so that we could have life. Please help us, each one of us, to know what it means to be selfless, to give life away, to be generous in all areas, all domains of life. Lord, lead us into freedom, because it was for freedom that you died, freedom that you came, and freedom that you led us to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I just have this one question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Father, we give our life away. Help us to know how to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.